Are you one of our regular students? Each week you get to learn something new. You listen this week. Finding frogs in the clouds. Your teacher is Dr. Jody Rowley, curator of the amphibian and reptile conservation biology at the Australian Museum. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You are taking us on a trip this I... afternoon, and it's a trip into the pristine high mountains of the Solomon Islands. It is indeed. I've, I've just returned from an amazing expedition in collaborative expedition in sort of search of frogs in the highlands of the Solomon Islands on the island of Malaita. Okay, this is a place where the locals know about their frogs very well, but science doesn't. Exactly. So what is often true is in some of the most biodiverse areas, the locals know intimately uh, all the wildlife around them, but they are very poorly documented in terms of science. And one of the first steps in sort of globally trying to protect these areas is understanding scientifically what biodiversity these areas hold and then hopefully allowing these amazing places to be protected. Let us sit with you on the, I assume, small plane as you go in. What does it feel like? What does it look like? Where do you land? I do not love small planes. And it was a very small plane that had duct tape on the roof. And we went through a little bit of a thunderstorm, at which point I was hugging my colleague. Um, not the biggest fan. I've never actually been to such small, if you could even call them, runways, you know, just grass strips. So it was a little bit like a bus. We flew from Honiara after we got to Honiara, that you know, through Brisbane. Um, and then we got these tiny little plane, went through the thunderstorm where I was very concerned, landed, let a couple of people off, a couple of people on. We took off again some of the most beautiful forests, those amazing coral reefs I have ever seen from the window of that plane. Finally landed um, and there we stayed for one night before we began the most difficult hike of my life. Okay, before you get to the hike, the landing, what's it feel like? It's a grass strip, is it, in the middle of the jungle? It is. Someone's just cleared the pigs off the grass strip as well, which is I'm very grateful for. Um, and there's like a little bit of mud on the runway. The plane lands in this tiny little area called a toyfi twice a week, but it only lands if there's no clouds, which is not always the case. It is a very cloudy, very wet kind of area. So we were lucky that we actually made it in and out on the days that we were planning okay, as well. Okay, you, you wait for a clearing of clouds and pigs, you land. <laughs> Walk us up the mountain. Well, it starts off actually on the runway. So we just stayed uh, on a little island for one night and then we got on a boat. We got all our gear on a boat, went to the bottom of the runway again, walked up the runway in the baking sun and then began hiking up through people's gardens. So they're growing uh, root vegetables, usually a lot of sweet potato and things like that. We started walking up. Um, of course, I've come from pretty much winter in Sydney, so I immediately felt quite ill with the heat. Um, and I am also, I'm more fit now than I actually was, but incredibly unfit. And these guys are just absolutely amazing. They're walking barefoot next to me, carrying huge, you know, loads and whatever they want for going up the mountain. Um, and so I was the weak link, which I always hate. So there was me up the back, purple and panting for nine and a half hours. Wow. After nine and a half hours, you get to these moss forests on the top of the mountain. What are they like? What do they look like? Well, actually, even before that, even at lunchtime, we started to get into the most amazing forests I have ever seen in my life. The trees, the green was just absolutely astounding. They were dripping with orchids, with ferns, with ant plants, all these amazing biological diversity literally dripping off the trees. The streams were kind of a limestone uh, rock, uh, at least that's what I think in my frog biologist's mind that it was, 
clear. I've never seen such clear, amazing water. You could see every single fish just looking straight at these waters. It was, you know, there was orchids just in flower on the ground, in the trees, just such beautiful, big trees, such undisturbed forest. You know, I've spent a lot of time in the forest in Australia and Asia and other parts of the world in search of frogs, and I have never seen such amazing forest in my life. And getting up to the top, of course, being shrouded in mist and hearing the calls of frogs even during the day, just echoing through this amazing lush forest was uh, pretty awesome. Hmm. One of the frogs you'd have come across was the eyelash frog. This is the most iconic frog in the Solomons. It's an absolutely amazing frog. So it's, it is called the eyelash frog or sometimes the triangle frog. And that gives you kind of an idea. It looks a little bit like a brightly colored leaf and uh, it is a triangle shape, a pointy snout and pointy little sort of eye things on top of their eyes that look maybe a little bit like eyelashes. One of the most remarkable things, aside from how weirdly uh, sort of unnormal frog like they look, is uh, the color variation. Even within a couple of metres, you can see an orange one, a yellow one, a green one, a brown one, and these little rainforest jewels are just scattered across the forest floor and, and it's it's utterly amazing to see these guys. Do they sound as well? They they do, actually. I don't think we heard them call on this trip. We did hear a whole bunch of other species call. And what was really amazing as well is because I wasn't super over the Solomon Islands frogs when I got there. Um, they're still really poorly known, um, lots of room for species discovery, uh, but we very quickly learnt all the local names for the frogs. So um, we heard a lot of Dada calling from the, the forest canopy uh, and we heard a lot of Dodie, which is very similar to my name. So I can remember that one calling from the forest floor as well. Um, and then it was, it's only been since that we've really been able to get scientific names on these frogs that until now we also just knew the local names for them. Did you hear a gunk, gunk, gunk? We did. We did. So that was uh, what is called as the, um, the dada. And this is an enormous tree frog. We found smaller ones as well, but it reaches enormous size. It's actually not related to any of the normal kind of tree frogs. It's this remarkable, um, unrelated to any Australian tree frogs, um, a kind of a ground frog that's then decided, no, nope, I'm going to go up in the canopy. And so they have huge, big toe pads. And they also come Toe pads so they can climb. Yeah, exactly. So toe pads can either help you climb up trees or stick on rocks. So frogs with toe pads are usually a little bit sticky and, and good at climbing on things. So their relatives don't have toe pads and they're kind of stuck on the ground, but the ones with big toe pads often do end up in the canopy making cool noises from up the top. You'll do it better than me. Go on. Go on. And uh, the sand Christabel frog. Yeah, so this is a, a very big uh, true frog. We actually only have, we have a sort of related frog in Australia, only in the very top. Um, and there's a lot of those kind of frogs that are very frog Froggy frogs, uh, they're not really good at climbing, they're pretty good at jumping and then they live around water. Um, and that was the Matatonga um, in, in Kwayo, in the local language as well. And so that was a very special frog for them. Um, and so we managed to see that frog, see its eggs and, and document that being there as well. Mm. As in Australia, these are, are crucial to understanding how the, the, uh, the, the ecosystem functions and to make sure the ecosystem is healthy. Yeah, and it was really interesting working with the Quayo. It was a very collaborative survey with them. They understood uh, all the frogs. They, they have names for them. They understand where they call from, where they breed, a lot about their ecology and behaviour and, and even potential uses for food or otherwise. Uh, but they actually didn't understand things in a global context. And so one of the things that was really awesome to exchange knowledge, I've, I learnt so much from them, but I was also able to share 
with them the fact that frogs around the world are declining, the fact that they have an incredibly important part in your ecosystem, um, and, and the fact that this is a really important place for frogs. You know, it's, it's relatively poorly known, but they're incredibly abundant still, and there is potentially for new species discoveries in these amazing forests. And presumably you now bring back all this work, all these notes, all these photographs, all these recordings, you'd bring them back to the Australian Museum and you try to catalogue what you've done? Yeah, definitely. So it's a, it is a very collaborative process. So I managed to go through all my photographs and kind of make a little poster and, and number them and then would email back to the team in the Solomon Islands. Um, one guy, Tommy, is is uh, kind of leading the email efforts um, and say, okay, what are your local names? Just so you know that I make sure that I get this right. Um, and which calls, because a lot of them were out there making amazing call recordings of the frogs and I didn't see which one they recorded. So trying to understand sort of put the pieces together, the local knowledge, with the scientific knowledge, we're doing DNA sequencing, we're analysing the calls and we're trying to understand, you know, uh, how many frogs are here that we found? Um, are all of them known to science? Um, and it is a little bit of detective work because they are generally, frogs across the Solomon Islands and New Guinea, are incredibly poorly known. Um, and so we're now at that stage of, of deciphering um, sort of the the using the local knowledge as well, as well as the published scientific knowledge to kind of decipher what the amazing biodiversity of this area is. Well, I think I speak for all of the people who are listening to you, Jodie. We really appreciated going up the mountain with you to that <laughs> beautiful, pristine, mossy environment and meeting a few of the frogs of the Solomons. Thanks so much. Thank this you. This Jodie Rowley. Curator of amphibian and reptile conservation biology at the Australian Museum with her lesson, Finding Frogs in the Clouds in the Solomons. You can listen again online at abc.net.au slash sydney. There you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast. Next week, Eliza Middleton from the Invertebrate Behaviour and Ecology Lab at the University of Sydney with another Self-Improvement Wednesday.